0: You're listening to the Women's Hope Podcast of the Masters University with Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings. Join them as they bring hope and encouragement through 25 years of combined experience in biblical discipleship and counseling as ACBC counselors. Shelby and Kimberly provide biblical and practical wisdom by coming alongside women with the teaching and resources necessary to grow in the grace and the knowledge of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, welcome to the Women's Hope Podcast. We have a very special guest today, (laughs) my dear friend, Betty. But first of all, I just want to thank TMU for having us in their podcast studio, for all the work that they do to produce this podcast. And we have Kaylin in here with us today, working wonders and recording us. And so we're very thankful, but we're just really thankful in this climate that we're in to have the Master's University that teaches Christ and the Scriptures And so here we are. If uh, you are interested in TMU, we would love for you to reach out to them and see what they are all about. Now, Betty, I have introduced you more formally (laughs) (laughs) on our last episode that we did together a couple months ago, Mm -hmm. which... The women just loved you and said, I I could listen to Betty all day long. So So I'll be I'll be looking for more things for us to to discuss. (laughs) (laughs) But Betty, you aren't just faculty at TMU, but you are my friend. And uh, you are a member of our church. Yes. And um, I am not playing favorites, (laughs) (laughs) but know that you are dearly loved. Thank you. So we are mutual. Thank Thank you. So just to have your wisdom Mm -hmm. and your experience, your grace um, to pour into our women. You know, and to do that alongside you, I just consider a real privilege. So I feel like I am in the seat of the disciple (laughs) (laughs) today. I really do. uh, Just getting to learn from you today. So I'm just going to ask you some questions and uh, may, you know, fill in here and there, because I I think I do have a little bit of. Gift of gab, sometimes maybe too much, but I want to I want to be able to just That's talk great. to you like two women that were sitting and having coffee in my living room. That's great. And I want to talk to you about taming our thought life. Um, what I love about what we're going to talk about today is uh, this will apply to anything,
1: right?
0: Right. Right. So it's not just uh, anxiety. It's not just fear worry, Um, if this is going to apply to anything that we are working through, how do we tame our thoughts Mm -hmm. to the glory of God? Yes. So that's what we're going to discuss today. So thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. Always a privilege. Always a privilege. So, Betty, we're just going to jump right in on this topic about our thoughts Um, Will you give us some examples? I mentioned a few, but how we might be off in our thought life, and maybe we don't even
1: realize it. Yeah, lots of different ways, right? Yeah. Okay, let me um, think about what a person is going to be like, even a believer, if you spend all your time um, cultivating thoughts about jealousy and envy, mm-hmm. um, certainly about sexual lust, about criticism, passing judgment on others, about anger and revenge seeking—all mm. of these things people can just really camp on in their minds. Even um, just spending time in a fantasy world, daydreaming. But that's huge. It's, yeah, it's it may not even be about sinful things. But it's just, I tend to think a lot of the time we miss opportunities to love and serve people around us if we're just dwelling on what's not true mm-hmm. and just kind of in a, in a dream world. Um, think about, too, one of the things that I think is huge, and we've all had sin and failures in our lives that as believers we've come to repentance about. But so many believers, sometimes I think especially women, tend to go back and dwell on some of those past failures and Mm -hmm. sins, maybe especially sexual sin, Mm -hmm. where you can just always in your mind go back, and that becomes a place where you let your mind dwell or make a home. And think about what a different person is going to be like if that's where they spend all their time thinking about past sin or if they have fully understood the grace of God and and their repentance is the forgiveness Mm -hmm. and that they no longer have to dwell on Mm -hmm. past sin, but they can Mm -hmm. be thankful every day for God's grace and forgiveness in their lives and be open to being used of Him. Mm -hmm. It's hard to be open to be used of Him if all you're ever thinking about is past sin. Right. And failure. It right. just makes such a huge difference. And then there are just things that, um, to me, this is almost kind of humorous, but it's really not. Um, like when we're in our worship services at church on Sunday morning and we're singing praises to God, something like, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, worship his I wonder what I'm going to have for lunch when we go to the restaurant— <laughs> Do I want pizza or do I want a salad? Sing like never before. Oh, my soul. Well, that's a cute dress Kelly has on today. <laughs> wonder where she bought that. I'll worship your holy name. Talk about distractions, right? They're everywhere, even in church. There's a reason I sit on the second row. (laughs) I love it when the music leader up front helps us to really get our minds on what we're singing about. And that happened in our church this Sunday. I think it was the first... Um, song, praise song that we sang, he started out talking about the words that were there and what they mean to us. And I think that helps get people focused on, oh, yes, I'm worshiping these words. I need to think about the words that I'm singing. Or sometimes I think leaders just even need to say, okay, everybody, think of, put your distractions away. Think about why we're here today. We're here to worship God, put everything else away. If you're singing, sing—don't just sing words. Sing with your heart and your mind. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Focus on God, not other people around you. You know, we need—we're all so distracted. We need the constant reminders. Um, and then thinking, um, just even—I've say I've caught myself a few times in the last few years where I'm in a store like grocery shopping or some other store— and see a woman that um, is just so incredibly immodestly dressed that that, in my mind, I'm thinking, what in the world was she thinking? I mean, why does she dress that way? Mm -hmm. Um, And where in my mind I'm becoming critical of her, I don't even know her. And I'm thinking, you know, Lord, she probably doesn't know you. I could be praying for her (laughs) that she would come to know you instead of just thinking critical thoughts in my mind about her. Something as simple as that. Or even when I go run errands, and I think we all, we live in, especially where we're in urban areas, we live in such a busy world that you go to run errands and you're like, mm, I want to get it done, get out of there, and not even thinking about necessarily the people around us. And I tried it like, Lord, help me to stop and think. I Maybe there's some way I'm not don't have a clue about that I could be a testimony for you.
0: A blessing. even Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Even as I shop.
1: Or when I leave my condo and go to pick up the mail, there have been amazing conversations I've had with neighbors sometimes. And I'm like, wow, Lord, if I had gone out to get the mail 30 seconds earlier or 30 seconds later, I would have missed that conversation. And it was amazing.
0: Divine appointments. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I'm like,
1: Lord, and not that I have to spend 10 minutes praying every time before I go out and get the mail. But Lord, help me to have a mindset that um, that I'm available to neighbors when I walk out that door and that I want to be ready for whatever kind of conversation that you might have.
0: So you're saying to be intentional um, requires you to have um, your thought life yeah. in such a yes. manner where you're always looking yes. outside of yourself. Yeah, Exactly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love and a readiness about mm-hmm. that in our thought mm-hmm. life.
0: That is so good.
1: And then there, just to mention a couple more things, there are more serious things too about students that I was spending a good bit of time with quite a few years ago at Master. She was a pastor's daughter who had actually dealt drugs in high school, and she came to know the Lord um, while she was at the university, and went back to talk to other kids she'd been involved with. But later, at one point, after we'd known each other for a while, she said. I thought I always thought that God just wanted to save me for heaven but not be really close to me. And and then she paused and she said, if I let him get really close to me, he'll see what I'm really like and he might leave me. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh. Please let me help you with that." Thinking it's so not biblical. <laughs> I mean, first of all, God knows every thought you ever had before you think it. It's not your choice of whether you're going to let God know those things about you. But even um, just as importantly, I mean, God has saved you to be with you for your whole life, not just to get you into heaven. He loves you. He wants to walk with you every single day. He wants you to walk with Him Mm -hmm. every single day. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a totally different focus. You know, and then later at some point when we were still talking about her thought life, you know, she said to me at one point, since I messed up everything in my life really badly, I know God can never really use me. So I don't have to be responsible to be involved in ministry to others. And, and you took like, her to oh. show her Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like— the Many of the people that we look to as heroes and heroines of the Christian faith that God has used so greatly came from terribly messed up lives, right? We all have in some sense, but um, that's not <laughs> yeah. that's not the how God determines whether he's going to use somebody. And he wants all of us once we are saved and we confident in his forgiveness of us that we're open to be used in the lives of others, and he will do that.
0: Well, and I think, Betty, um, something that I'm really wrapping my mind around is as we are doing a study on Friday nights um, in our home with some people, we're going through Thomas Watson's book, Ten Commandments. And what you're talking about with this uh, example of this young woman is her view of God. And right. so... right. So as we help women to have a better view of God, we're helping them not to take His name in vain right. because His name uh, represents His character and His attributes and His nature. So you're helping this young woman to see who God is right? Yeah. and how, because of who He is, how He views her. And He views her through the righteousness of Christ. So then, she has the opportunity to see who Christ is and the work on the cross of His forgiveness and the right. magnitude of that, right. and to move forward as we see in Scripture and confidence.
1: Yes, and it's, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and it's not self-confidence, right? Oh, of course it's not. It's Christ confidence. Right. It's it's confidence in who God is, and um, you know, and and so often we we. Take God's name in vain when we think so lightly of His capability to forgive us. We're thinking True. carelessly about uh, His love. Right. His right. love is so otherly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> you know, we're thinking on it on in a finite way.
1: Yeah.
0: And instead of of what He's capable of, and what He was capable of, and what He did. Through the work of his son, Jesus Christ. You know, behold, yeah. what manner of love is mm-hmm. this? Yes. <laughs> yes. That we should be called sons of God. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's 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 anotherly love.
1: Right. His love is everlasting. I yes. read that psalm this morning. He will never leave us nor forsake <laughs> us. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I'm so glad that you had this person in your life that you could come oh, alongside
1: deeply cared for her, and it was great to see the change in her life.
0: Good. Well, our thought life is tied to our hearts. Betty, I was even thinking about uh, our pastor, our wonderful pastor, <laughs> <laughs> I may be married to, um, yes. said, uh, as he was preaching on Sunday, when he was giving the illustration of, of Job mm. and looking past his circumstances, and It said in Job 2, 10, that he did not sin with his lips. Lips. Right. (laughs) There's a reason he didn't sin with his lips, because he was thinking rightly, and that was tied to his heart as he was working through these enormous trials that happened all within moments, Mm -hmm. but... Our thought life is tied to our hearts, our control center, right? right. Our thinking and our, our hearts are all together. So, what would you want to tell our listeners about God's word having to say about our thought life and how it's tied to our character? Okay.
1: And even what you were saying about our lips, I mean, Jesus said, the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart, Absolutely. and the heart being the center of the person, which involves heart, mind,
0: exactly, just a
1: complete person.
0: And so it, when, I, when I heard those words read on Sunday, yeah. immediately my, my mind went to that passage and knowing it wasn't that he was just biting his tongue. right. Right? Right, yes. This was something that had already been cultivated in his character. Right,
1: deep inside. Him. Deep inside
0: of right. him. Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah. share with us. Okay, a couple of things. Um, Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he, as a man, thinks within himself, so is he. That 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 is who you are. Your thinking is all tied up in who you are. Think about this. Um whether we're a believer or unbeliever shows up in our thinking. Romans 8, 6, Paul said, For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life and peace, because the mind set on the flesh is hostile toward God. So even just... And that makes sense from everything we know about Scripture and about what it means to have faith in Christ. But your mind and your thinking as somebody hostile toward God and rejecting Him is going to be totally different from the mind that's been renewed by mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit and is mm-hmm. set on life. Another way that I think we can look at how our character tied up in our thinking, the, the verse that many of us know from Philippians 4 verse 8, where Paul tells us what to think on. I mean, think about what a person's character will be like if this is what they're thinking about all the time, right? Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, that's a lot of our thinking we need to judge immediately just by that, right? Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, and there is, and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I mean, just think about what a person is like, if that's what they're thinking about all the time, as opposed to the person who's always thinking about jealousy and criticism of others and angry at people and all the other sinful stuff, right?
0: Yeah, so they look like the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think that the more I thought about it, I think that what Paul tells us as believers to spend our time thinking about what's true, what's honorable, what's commendable, what's worthy of praise. I mean, that's your character. I mean, that is going to be who you are mm-hmm. as a person. And mm-hmm. so what comes out of you in terms of how you treat people, how you speak, mm-hmm. how you speak to people or about people. Mm-hmm. Is going to come from your character, which is all tied up deep inside you in how you think and what you let yourself think about. Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, in Philippians four nine, it says we practice these things. Yes, yes. So, so what you're saying ongoing. is it it, it yeah. comes out, right? Yeah, because it it's not something that's just stuck in here and right, I can't exactly. get it out. It's yeah. coming out. In what we say, like with Job, who did not sin with his lips, it's coming out, like you said, what we say about others. Um, You know, are we able to point out a good quality in others because we think well of them?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's right. And whatever's true, um, you know, that is wrapped up in God's character. You know, and if I am, if I am thinking on truth, God, His Son, the Spirit of his son and the word of God, mm-hmm. you know, that's gonna come out right, in my exactly. character. And yeah. I will I will behave in an honorable way if I'm thinking honorable things about my Lord and Savior. Right. Mm-hmm. So good. So and it it's not simplistic, but it can be simple. Right. I Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think.
1: I do too. Yeah.
0: So, Betty, God has much to say about our thinking and his desire to renew our minds. When we look at Scripture and we see what God thinks on a subject, it should bring real gravity to how we think and what we choose to think about. And um, 2 Timothy 3.16, it tells us all Scripture is inspired by God and it's beneficial Uh, profitable for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, and for training in righteousness. And it says so that we're fully capable and equipped for every good work. So this idea of using God's word, and even as I was reading this morning in Psalm 62, it said, my soul Mm, and mm-hmm. then it went immediately to the character of God. The psalmist was preaching to himself.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it
0: talked about him being a rock and a fortress right, and you know all these right. things. So he was <laughs> preaching to his soul about who God is. Right. And um, I think we need to learn to do that better in renewing our thought life and our minds um, on a regular basis, like you said, um, as we're going, when we're, like you said, we're distracted. And so taming that and bringing that in uh,
1: takes real discipline. So why don't you talk to us about that for a little bit? Okay. Um, <clears throat> first of all, let's um, keep thinking about it. God knows and examines our thinking. Mm-hmm. He's It's not news to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very much aware. He doesn't just see our externals and appearance the way other people do. Right. But he knows Absolutely what's going on inside of us. Um, Psalm 139, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, oh, Lord, you know it all together. (laughs) (laughs) He knows.
0: That was a fearful laugh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. He knows our thoughts. He knows the motives of our heart and behind the intentions, yeah. Um, 2 Chronicles 28, 9, this is David's counsel to his son Solomon, saying, Serve him, God. Serve God with a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every intent of the thoughts. So he knows our thoughts and our motives. Um. And <clears throat> I appreciated this um, quote from Dr. Douglas Moo, who's written commentaries on some of our books in the Bible, um, for how he talked about, even with his own need, um, when he said he said, "When we change the way we think, we change the way we live. It's a process. The fact that the Apostle Paul calls on believers to engage in this renewing of the mind shows that it does not automatically happen to us when we believe. God's spirit comes to reside in us and he provides a whole new orientation to our thinking. Mm -hmm. But our thinking itself is not instantaneously changed. The ruts of the old life are not easy to get out of. Some of our ways of thinking are deeply ingrained and they will not disappear overnight. And then he went on to say, I came to Christ as a 20-year-old college student. This is a man who teaches some seminary classes. I came to Christ as a 20-year-old college student, and almost now, 30 years later, I am still fighting against the mental habits I developed in my first 20 years. Through his Spirit, God wants to reprogram my thinking, That I must, but I must respond to the Spirit's work. And actively engage in the process if that is to happen.
0: Yeah, so that is not a let go, let God.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> not overnight.
0: And it's not overnight. Yeah. Um, because we're going through the sanctification process. Exactly. So you've already mentioned our justification as you were explaining to that young woman, the way God views her, right? Right. But here we're talking about sanctification. Right. And this is what God is doing in us to make us more like His Son, right? And we participate, right? Yeah,
1: it's he does. Pest. He does it. It wouldn't happen without Him, but we have our responsibility, absolutely, to respond and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've kind of, I've tried to think about like how how do we. Um, respond to God in this sanctification process? What, what is our part of this? And I've tried to summarize that with kind of like three main things. Number one, I've said, I've used a little bit of alliteration here. I don't always do that, but um, for number one, set our minds. And that comes from the verse in Colossians, which we'll share in just a minute. Um, but to engage with God and having our minds renewed, we have to make deliberate choices about what we allow ourselves to think about. We actually have the ability to choose what we think about. Sometimes we don't choose, we just randomly let our minds do whatever. And sometimes what I think we need to do is to just pray and say, "Lord, help me to even realize what I'm thinking cuz haven't you sometimes it's like you all of a sudden you'll think, "Why have I been thinking about that for 30 minutes?" You know, that's kind of a waste of time or that wasn't righteous, you know, those thoughts for the last mm. 30 minutes. Um, and ask the Lord to help us to even be aware of what we're letting ourselves think about. Uh, John MacArthur in his Romans commentary said, It is in the mind that our new nature and our old humanness are intermixed. It is in the mind that we make choices as to whether we will express our new nature and holiness or allow our fleshly humanness to act in unholiness. And again, um, I really John Piper has a little two volume devotional book called A Godward Life and usually about two pages each but he has a page in the first one about the mind and about our thinking ability which I really appreciated. He said one of the most remarkable capacities of the human mind is the capacity to direct its attention to something it actually chooses. It's an amazing power. Humans have the amazing ability to think about thinking and to choose to dwell on an object of thought it is immense it is an immensely powerful means of becoming what we ought to be and then he says take this moment to resolve that you will be intentional about what your mind considers it will dwell on something and what it dwells on it becomes like mm. that can be a scary thought right right yeah right And so I take this set, set your minds from Colossians 3, 1 to 3. If then you have been raised up with Christ, this is about believers, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things on the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And that verb set, set your mind set is um, it's a present imperative. So it's a command. We mm-hmm. are to set our minds on things above, and its present tense meaning ongoing, ongoing. We need to be doing that constantly every day. You don't just do it once and it is set for life. but you've got to keep setting, keep setting your mind on things above right? Yeah. Not yeah. in the morning. Oh, I had my coffee yeah. and my
0: Jesus time. I'm done with that <laughs> yeah. one. Check. Yeah, right. On what I want to do. Yeah. On to what I want yeah, no, to no, I wanna no. think about. Exactly.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. a life. Keep setting our minds. Yes, it's a life. Okay. Then the second thing I have, is the S word is saturate our mm. minds. We need to saturate our minds. And this is obviously saturate them with the word of God. Um, Kim quoted this verse earlier, Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen, and I just want to repeat it. It's so pertinent to this. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Scripture directly from God and preserved all these years for us. Uh, We need to saturate our minds in the Word. And then another uh, couple of verses I think are really important to this topic, um, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And this is after the 11 chapters of all this doctrine. Um, And and so, of course, chapter 12 starts with the word therefore. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, we've done 11 chapters of doctrine about... Salvation now. Therefore, how do we respond to this? How do we live it out? Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing renewing of (laughs) your mind. Yes. Yes. So that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Mm-hmm. So the word conformed has to do more with externals. With the, One of the older translations used to say, don't let the world squeeze you into, into its, its mold. mold. Yeah. <laughs> um, to make you look a certain way on the outside. And certainly our culture, even today, is trying to do that, to make you look and think a certain way about all kinds of things, but be—so don't—and actually, both of these verbs are passive. We don't do the conforming. We yield to the world to do the conforming and shaping us outwardly. And we don't do the transforming, but we yield to God for His Holy Spirit to do this transforming work, which is something internal, Right. But then it shows itself gradually more and more as we're sanctified. It shows itself outwardly, but we're to be transformed. I always love the, the one form of the Greek word that is transformed is metamorphomai, which we know metamorphosis comes from. It's like the the cocoon and then the beautiful butterfly comes out, but it transformed internally but eventually blossoms and shows itself outwardly. Hmm. So we need to be transformed, but it's done. How God is transforming us as believers in sanctification is by the renewing of our minds, how we think that we are to think more and more biblically about everything.
0: What a gift.
1: Yeah, amen. Because we could not do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What a kindness of God. Absolutely. Okay, so spending time on the Word, saturating ourselves with the Word of God. Psalm 1, the first two verses, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, the Word of God, the Scriptures. And on his law, on his Word, he meditates day and night doesn't mean he's awake 24 hours, but it just means that's the constant. Every single day, it's the constant th- thing that renews his mind, our minds, is meditating on the scriptures constantly.
0: You know, I'm always so thankful when, when there's something going on in my life. And this is so practical because what you're dwelling on when you wake up in the morning, that's what's gonna to come to your mind instantly.
1: Yeah.
0: And and yes. when I'm when I'm like working through a hard issue or something like mm-hmm. that, I can tell when the Lord is really working in me because a very specific hymn will come into my mind. Mm-hmm. A passage right. of scripture will come into my mind that is setting me on a trajectory
1: mm-hmm.
0: of how I am going to walk this day through this hard thing. Yeah. But that has come through those awake hours. Right of working on that and right. thinking on whatever's true and lovely and honorable and right and of good repute, and so I'm using a different version than you read earlier of, of that yeah, passage. But, yeah. but you know it. When you wake up, you will know um, that you you have been practicing that right because it will be a part of who who you are right. at the beginning of the day right um, sometimes it may take more work right but when those when those thoughts are in my head when i wake up what a kindness of god mm-hmm. that i can willingly step my foot out of bed with that worship song and with that verse in my head to go forth in my day and work through whatever trial that has put those things into my head. right? Um, but it doesn't always, it's not always that way. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, that's the transformation process. And that's practicing it over and over. But this doesn't happen, so to speak, overnight, right? As I'm talking right. about, you yeah. know, what my mind's dwelling on. But I can, I can attest to when I am, Really working on a scripture passage to memorize or something like that. Um, when I wake up, that is what is on my head. Right. That is what is in my brain, and I rejoice in that. And I want it to be like that more right. and more. Right. Right. And that's yeah. that beauty that you're talking about coming out of that metamorphosis process. Right. 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 And um, I just I love that. And what a what a gift of grace. And, uh, but to also know that I have to practice. Right. I have to practice. Mm -hmm. A biblical thought life requires work.
1: It may be that that ties in with um, this Psalm one verse meditate day and night. It doesn't mean all night. But don't you find that often, if scripture is on your mind as you go to bed at night, that you're more likely to wake up in the morning with scripture on your mind or with a God focus for to start your day in the morning?
0: Well, we've all heard, you know, oh, the last song I hear is the last thing, that, the song <laughs> no. that's on my head, you yeah. know, all the time. Yeah. So there, there's something about that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so what we fill our minds with, you know, is very, very important. Right. Um, what I choose uh, to listen to, what I choose a passage to read, like you said. Right. Um, for those of us who are going through a life stage where maybe we're waking up and we can't go back to sleep for hours in the middle of the Uh, night, ladies, can I just encourage you to use that time profitably? God has allowed that. He has appointed that time for you to be awake in the middle of the night for some strange reason in this interesting phase of life that we can encounter. And uh, when I was working through that, and I realized all of a sudden— I'm wide awake at two in the morning and there is no going back to sleep. And I am a very good sleeper. And so it was very, very different for me. I purpose myself by having something by the side of my bed that I could uh, look at and that I could pray about. And if I if I needed to go back to sleep, I didn't turn on the light and I knew I could just pray or I could renew in my mind. a a passage of scripture that I have memorized. Um, And the reason I did this was because I heard that women were getting up and they couldn't go to sleep. So they would just do something mindless, like play a video game or something on their phone. Oh, gosh, yeah. (laughs) And I thought, okay, we can do better than that, right? right? right. We can use that time for something that will be more sweet and more profitable. Right, right. Um, and when we do go back to sleep, the things that will be on our mind um, are lasting. Right. So um, just encouraging whatever stage of life you're in. You know, you can read scripture to your kids while you're cutting the crust off of the edges of the peanut <laughs> butter and jelly sandwiches. Right. right? Um, so it's not just helping you as you serve your family. Yeah. But it's also right. benefiting your children.
1: Right. So, right.
0: you know, there's, we we want to use all of our time as the best that we can yeah. for this renewal process.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, I mean, sometimes anxiety is the issue, right? Anxiety and fear about all kinds of things. And my situation, somewhat similar to what you were describing, would take too long to go into detail, but Um, Kind of a situation that was cast upon me several years ago that I had no clue how to go about taking care of some really serious things that involved somebody else. And I had never done anything like that before. I knew I had no ability in myself and knew there could be huge consequences. And I would wake up at 3 in the morning just with—and I've never been—I don't think anybody would characterize me as an anxious person. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I would just—not really in a panic, but wake up at 3 in the morning, just that fear would be there. And I had my students studying First Peter, so I would just over and over again until I would finally fall back to sleep. I would keep saying to the Lord, casting all your anxiety on Him— because He cares for you. Mm-hmm. Casting all your, and just kept repeating that. And eventually I would fall back to sleep and felt like the only way I got through that whole difficult situation that God definitely carried me through.
0: Absolutely. But it,
1: and the way that I could trust Him was to keep bringing my, because my mind wanted to go in this panicky direction. And I'm like, that's definitely not good and not helpful. I need to be trusting the Lord. But I had to keep, putting Scripture in my mind to help me to be able to do that in an incredibly difficult situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I have a friend, and um, I remember her telling me she came to a very, very difficult situation. She knew a family member, a member was getting ready to to die, mm-hmm. and she didn't know if she was going to get to that family member um, before he passed. And I remember she was in, you know, the heat of this situation. And she said, she just kept telling herself, I know my God is true. Mm. I know my God is true. And so sometimes we can't, you know, grab whole chapters, (laughs) you know, or even even the actual Bible, you know, and say, okay, where do I go to for this specific thing? But to think rightly about God and choose to set my mind, even if it's a few words. I've had counselees who they can take one little promise from God and and look at that one little promise for a week. Yeah. And then maybe the next week will add a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because yeah. it's a it's a it's something that has to be learned. And um, so doing that. And helping someone who's gone from all they can think about is their circumstance and how they're feeling in their circumstance right. um, to God, right? And what He's doing in this circumstance instead of uh, just "woe is me," mm-hmm. right? right? Yeah. Um, takes time. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah, so. Talk about submitting our minds, that other
1: S. <laughs> okay, yes, the third one, submit our minds. And by this, I'm referring to we are not the ones who renew our own minds, um, not even through deliberate choices that we make about what we think about, not even through being in the Word on a really regular basis. Um, you can have strong willpower and discipline about being in the Word, um, But even so, we need the supernatural work of God in us to have our minds renewed continually. Um, One of the examples in Scripture I love in Psalm 119, which is all about the Word of God, there's a constant interplay throughout that very long psalm Mm -hmm. about what the psalmist says, God, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this, but then constantly intermixed in that is, God, you do this. God, I need you to do this. God, please do this. God, let me uh, give you a Quick example here. Um, The psalmist says, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget or even neglect your word. Mm -hmm. But then he's also saying, Open my eyes. He's saying, I can't do that. I need you to do that, God. Open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things from your law, from your word. Teach me your statutes. It's like saying, Please, God, I need you to do that. Please teach me. Coming to the Word with a humble heart, saying, God, I'm here before you. I'm not here to be in judgment of the Scriptures. I'm here to be judged by the Scriptures. Teach me. I need to learn. I need to grow. Teach me. Make me understand your precepts. So we're submitting our minds and asking the Holy Spirit to work in us. Even as Paul prayed in his epistles for the churches, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. He's praying for God to do that right. for them. They couldn't do that for themselves. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. It is a supernatural work. It is a supernatural work. And he he is able because he has promised right. that he will do it. And so we are relying upon that. And we're confident in that. Um, and not in self, like I said, not in self-confidence. But you're using the word submit. Right that is humbling ourselves under the mighty hand That's of God. Good. Yes. When we are submitting and humbling ourselves under his mighty hand, he is going to do a wonderful thing.
1: Right. Amen. He
0: delights in it. That's
1: right. Yes.
0: He, he wants to do it. Right. Right. It's his design to do it. Right. And so we're saying yes.
1: You need to want it
0: too. We want to <laughs> desire it as well. Right. Yeah, and yeah. to hunger and thirst. Yes like that that deer that is parched yes we We want that right yes we want the water of his word and we want to be revived by it like it says in psalm 119 reviving our souls right um we want to be renewed by it yeah and it you know and i love what you're saying because my favorite psalm from Psalm 119 is, God, you are good and you do good. Right, <laughs> And then he says, teach me your statutes, yes, right? Yes, so yes. it's like, I know you're a good God. Right. I know you're a good God. Teach me these things about yes. yourself, yes, yes, what you want me to learn and to grow in and to share with others. Right. So, so good, so good. I love talking to the Lord about the Lord with you. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So, Betty, you are really being practical here in helping us to submit our minds to the Lord um, with the many sins that can plague plague our hearts. Um, As we close our time together, what? encouragement would you like to
1: leave our listeners with? Well, I would just like to encourage, I think all of us can get real discouraged by our thinking at times, right? Um, But to um, not give up. To keep pursuing the Lord, mm-hmm. to know that even as you were just talking about, God longs to give us right thinking, to renew our minds, and help us to want that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, of, in some ways, it's a kind of a an analogy which doesn't do it justice, but our laptops come with default settings. I just had to buy a new laptop in the last two or three months, and it's the same brand as my old one, so most things are the same. But there are these little things that every day it's trying to make me do one thing when that's, no, you're my tool. (laughs) You don't own me, I own you. Um, But I'm having to figure out how to change some of those default settings on my laptop. Um, and so there's a you know a sense in which we've come in our humanity and our fallenness with default settings built into our thinking and sanctification as we become saved in our faith in the Lord Jesus for what he's done for us on the cross God has I mean he has justified us he is in now the process of transforming and renewing us And it's an amazing journey, but it's so hugely all connected with our thinking and that we need to be yielding to Him for what He wants to do in us. And we have to stop and think, what are the default settings in our thinking? What are the things, or even where Paul in that verse in Philippians says, let your mind dwell on these things that are true, honorable, purable, and dwell is the idea of making a home which you could compare with digging ruts because you go back there all the time. What are the mental ruts? What are the mental default settings that where our minds just left on their own? <laughs> where do they go? Um, it's often to a negative place. But God is desiring us to yield to Him, to ask Him to teach us His statutes, to be in His Word. So, and none of us does this perfectly, right? Even, Absolutely. Even on any one day, right? We do not do this perfectly, but we need to be encouraged that God is continually at work in us, and we want to keep pursuing that growth
0: until glorification.
1: Amen. Mm, yeah, can't wait. So just to to end for my part with emphasizing these three things: to set our mind on things above, and that means make deliberate choices about what we allow ourselves to think about. Number two, saturate our minds with God's Word. Read, memorize, meditate day and night, constantly on God's Word, and our thinking will become more and more biblical. And then to submit our minds, to pray daily that God will renew us, that even as we are choosing to set our minds on the right things and not give in to all these distractions that are there constantly, Let me just interject something here. I just in the last two days, speaking of distractions, saw a news item that, and I don't even know where it was. They had done a study with a group of, I think, high schoolers maybe, um, where they gave them, they had two comparable tests. And they took a period of time and gave them a test where the phones, I don't think their phones were not even in the room and they took the test. And then later they gave them a comparable test where the phones were not, they weren't interacting with the phone, but it was just sitting there on the desk next to them. And across the board, they all did more poorly when the phone was sitting there on the desk beside them. Um, It's our phones, our laptops, it's all kinds of digital stuff that are just constant distractions to our minds. And we are the ones who have to choose. I mean, I work with girls all the time who tell me how much time they spend on social media every day. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, let me say this lovingly and gently. How much time are you spending in God's Word every day? But you're telling me you're spending four hours on social media every day. I, you've never but you don't
0: t- know when to fit in your, devo- your just even a yeah. quiet,
1: basic quiet time. Yeah, exactly. i five minutes and walk out the door or something. And I'm like, you've never told me you've spent four hours in a day in the Word of God. Um, and I'm not saying everybody has to spend four hours every day studying the Word. It's great if we can do that sometimes, right? It's a privilege. Um, you know? Yeah, a privilege. Um But in this world that we live in right now, we have to examine and evaluate what are our individual distractions that keep us from doing this, setting your mind, saturating your mind, submitting your mind, what, you know, and just the effect that social media has on you um, is something seriously to be evaluated. But okay, so choose, make deliberate choices about what we're going to think about saturate our minds with the word of God and just continually submit to the Lord and ask Him to be doing this work in us. That so we want to cooperate, we want to be doing what we're called to do, but God has to do this work in us and we want to be joyful and excited about that and daily seeking that from Him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I think that many women would agree. That often we find ourselves submitting to our feelings mm,
1: yeah. instead
0: of submitting to the truths of Scripture. Right. And we have to repent of that. Right. And repentance is a gift from God. Take that gift and run with it. Right. And repenting is a 180-degree turn, right? Yes. And so if it means putting down that phone, You know, uh, we had a guest on our last episode said, cut it off if it's causing you to sin. And she was a millennial and it was regarding our phones. Right. And um, because the things that we see on there may not match up with Philippians 4, 8. And so then we are allowing our feelings to submit and our thinking to submit to something that may not be true. Right, and so we're gotta go back to the scripture,
1: right, and along that line i I think from everything I think that I understand about myself and that I've read, our feelings and our emotions are a result of our thinking, right, bingo so. If, you know, if your thinking is constantly anxious all the time, that's what's going to drive your feelings and emotions. I feel what I feel because I think what I think. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we are often impacted, driven, controlled by our feelings. Mm -hmm. But those also come from what we think and whether or not we're thinking on what is true. Right. Right.
0: So as an example that you gave up, you know that you're at the grocery store and maybe right. you know in or in the beginning of the episode you yeah. shared that you know I'm not even aware of what's around me right but you know as i am doing the the process of putting off and putting on you know um as i am putting off selfishness i am going to put on a heart of compassion and so when i'm at the grocery store that's going to come out, and I'm going to be looking for opportunities to show right. kindness right. and compassion yeah. to others yeah. in a very practical way, right? right. right. Um, do you look at... At The person who's checking you out at the grocery store with your groceries, do you look them in the eye when you thank them and, right. and show them that you care about them right. and appreciate them? Right. Well, if our minds are so caught up in ourselves, um, we, we will be very distracted in our right. thinking. Right. And it will show in how we show care for others. Right, exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Very practical, yeah. Betty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I think that this is a good stopping place for today. And so I just want to thank you, Betty, as always, for uh, doing this Thanks here. so much, Kim. Yeah. Pleasure to Lo- be with you, I always. Love, I love to get to be with you. I think I'm just going to ask you every week. No. <laughs> <laughs> because I know our schedules don't um, allow, but then we can be together more. Yes, so yes, yes. <laughs> I think that I'm going to have to put off selfishness because I think <laughs> that I was being selfish with that in my uh, thinking. But uh, anyway, I know that this will be a blessing and a benefit to the women as they just want to think practically about renewing their minds and their thought life and having a thought life that exalts God and brings glory to his name and that we do not think about him carelessly. Right. But instead, we think about who he is and what our situation is for the day, whether it's uh, we have a theme that is happy on our hearts <laughs> or where whether our hearts are going through a struggle. Right. Something's hard. Right. So uh, we have been given everything pertaining to life and to and godliness. godliness. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So thank you, Betty. Thanks. And thank um, you to TMU. Uh, we are taking a summer break and Lord willing, Shelby and I will be back in the studios in August, and we look forward to being with you, our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the Women's Hope podcast of the Master's University. For more resources and episodes, visit masters.edu slash womenshope. For more information on the Master's University, visit masters.edu. We'll see you next time.